0: Is this on? <coughs> Welcome to VICast, your Vitech talk, no holds barred, easy, reality stop. Here's your host, Guy
1: Gagnier. Wow, what an intro. Thanks, Voice of Vitech. Today we'll be introducing Vitech's brand new 33510 Rapid HS Euroclear. We're going to get down and dirty to cover what you want and need, and we'll be discussing. A whole lot of good stuff, usage, performance, and possibly a little peek behind the curtain. So let's get to know today's guests, Billy Hoth and Larry Mathis. Greeting to you guys. Thank you for being part of uh, today's ViCast, our ongoing series of reality-based informative conversations regarding our products and how to best take advantage of the latest from ViTech. So the first thing I'm going to do is... Uh, ask Billy a couple questions tell us about what you do Billy what's your day to day look like
2: uh, I'm a technical rep for single source in the Chicago land and southern Wisconsin area pretty much handle in-shop demonstrations with products also as well as fix problems that occur in the typical day-to-day routine.
1: so you're uh, you're the shell answer man out there in, in the, booths, the answer you
2: know? man. that's right yes <laughs>
1: Larry, same question. Tell us about what your day-to-day looks like.
0: Uh, Similar to what Billy's is, um, I'm a technical rep uh, for national votings out here uh, in Utah. Uh, I cover all of Utah and uh, out in Idaho occasionally. Um, And uh, 95% of what I do is BASF. I'm actually the uh, uh, the trainer here for BASF, uh, do their certification, recertification. Color match, uh, small damage repair classes, and and uh, I actually have 26 years of uh, specialty and custom background. So occasionally they let me throw in a custom class for some of our customers.
1: Nice. I was just going to ask how long you've been in the industry, but uh, if you want to add to that, you
0: could. Um, well, this will be 46 years this year. So uh painted for almost every day for 26 years, and then uh, a tech rep job uh, be 21 years ago in August.
1: Well, you, you've uh, you've done a couple of things, I would think, in, in your career. Well, I appreciate you being here with us. Um, hey, Billy, how long have you been in the industry? And, uh, you know, how did you get started?
2: Uh, I've been in the business uh, 30 years, 17 years as a tech rep. Uh, got started at a very young age, airbrushing RC car models in a hobby shop that led into custom painting motorcycles and jet skis. Uh, my grandpa bought me a 68 Chevelle and when I was a kid and, and I still own the car. My wife and I, we drag race it. So I'm a big hot rod guy and that kind of always led me into the, the car routine. Uh, ended up in a very high quality shop in Chicago painting some real, real high end cars. That's probably where I got most of my, most of my business from that, from that show.
1: Good deal. I, I know how hard uh, you guys work out in the field, trying to keep everything on track and, and making sure our customers are uh, set up the way they need to be. So glad that you have find some time for hobbies. Um, Larry, could you tell me one thing that you enjoy most about this, uh, what
0: you do day to day, and uh, you know, and why that is? Um, probably the teaching aspect uh, is. I, I'm more the real hands-on guy. I. Uh, really like the hands-on stuff so probably the teaching helping people solve their problems uh, one of my favorite things to do is the classes um uh, just working with the guys uh trying to show them new products better ways to do things uh help them solve their problems
1: good deal um billy what about you what, what, what's one thing that you do uh that that you enjoy most why is that
2: um probably getting people out of a gym you know uh we're, you know, the business is ever changing and so many people, they get stuck, whether it's a color, whether it's an application, you got some four stage processes out there. So uh, most of my running around, uh, I, I enjoy I enjoy just helping people getting them out of the jam, getting them back into their into their routine to finish off their day. Good
1: deal. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell the, the audience here. I think we've got the right team on this. There's no no question about that. A little history. These two pros. Were chosen with a few qualifications in mind. The market they're in, they're both on really different sides of the country. They're variable environments. Uh, both these guys work in different areas and environments every day. Their backgrounds, they've uh, been doing this for a while. Experience, of course, comes with that. And reputations, they're, they're both very well, highly thought of, and uh, they get a lot accomplished every week. Um, there are others that were involved in this as well, but however to scale this ViCast, we really had to keep it down to two because it's just not enough time to, to have several guests on here. So... Two are about all we can do well. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, let's set the stage a little bit for uh, for your work environments. Billy, tell me about the booth conditions and spray equipment for your spray session, your first spray session. T- tell me about that if you could, please.
2: Uh, well, again, we're in the Chicago market, so it's cold, yeah. uh, real cold. Uh, typically, typically we spray at eighty degrees. Um, in the wintertime, that's where we'd like to see metal temperature about 75 degrees. So we usually have the booth set at approximately 80, uh, in a production, in a production setting. Right. Larry, Larry might be a little different in a, in a technical room, uh, being that everything is judged at 70. So that's, that's a little different there. But, um, in my situation, uh, I was filling in for a, for a shop, had a bit of an emergency. So I was in the production mode, so so that's why that temperature
1: get it done, good. right?
2: Yeah, well, you got it. You got to get it done. Sure. Um,
1: what kind of spray, spray guns?
2: Spray guns typically what we see out here are Iowa, Sada, and some Techna. Techna's growing right now. They've got some good equipment. Sure. Um, I'm I'm an Iowa go-to guy. That's my that's my gun of choice. And and for the for the Vitec Clear, I was using an Iwata Evo with a 1.3 nozzle so it's a compliant
1: gun okay um larry same question uh, t- tell me a little bit about your situation first time you sprayed this or uh, you know t- what type of environment um uh, spray equipment etc uh,
0: well we have similar temperatures to a lot of places all over the country here because we actually have uh times that in the wintertime we'll get below zero quite often in the wintertime here mm-hmm. summertime we can get well over 100. the thing we have going for us here i think that a lot of people don't have a lot of areas we have a pretty dry climate i mean in the summer time we'll have like three percent humidity sometimes okay that low so uh we we have a you know a lot of different conditions but we don't get a lot of the humidity um fortunately here in the training center and stuff uh got a a double have a lot of nice things here to use in the training center we've got uh, a double prep deck um we have a seven and a half horsepower screw machine with a Champion refrigerant dryer on it. I mean, we're basically set up in the training center, equipment-wise, paint paint equipment-wise, as well as we can duplicate anything in any high-end shop in our area. And then, if we need to duplicate something a little colder, we can always kick the doors open. So, sure.
1: Um, uh, what kind I, What kind of gun did you use?
0: Uh, spray equipment. I, I'm a I'm a SODA guy, so um, that's primarily. Primarily what's used in our area, there are a fair amount of IWAT in our area, but primarily SADA. Um, you know, uh, spraying clears and stuff, 1, three RP seems to be probably, I, I would say 80% of the techs in our area use a 1, three RP.
1: Okay. And then what was the base coat you put the, the clear over? Um, they put it over Onyx uh,
2: water. So, okay. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. So, Billy, uh, what kind of base coat did you use?
2: Uh, we put it over the PPG and viral base, the EHP water.
1: Okay, good, good. So, uh, Billy, I'm going to ask you a couple of things here before we go too far. I want to briefly discuss perception and habit. And I think, you know, where I'm going here. Um, and, and it's really, it, it affects us all. And actually it, it's really good that this came up because it really helped us out. Where does a two to one European clear normally fit in your mind and, and in your market? What is perception would be as well?
2: It, in my market from, you know, for, for years, uh, you know, when you would see that the big five liter can with the two five hardener, people will look at that and say that's a European clear HS two one, uh, meaning it's either a normal or a, or a slow activating clear. So you can do whole sides overall. So you get the, the bigger peel. You got to get closer to spray it. So just because of that can size. It kind of mimics what, what you think there and i think that
1: uh, it's habits right it's what we what we were yeah. raised with yeah, yeah
2: absolutely.
1: larry what are your thoughts on that on that same thing
2: uh pretty much the
0: same thing i, I did spray glazer for 26 years so um had, they did have some faster european style clears but that's in my experience that's not what most people relate it to right. kind of similar to what billy said they relate it to the you know the slower To you know, to uh, medium to slower type style clears, lots of nice big soft orange peel, great gloss, that type of stuff. So,
1: right. So generally speaking, we're going to see a two to one. It's going to be a little bit slower. Um, Probably going to use a little higher end uh, booth and and ability to bake those type of things. Right. Correct. Okay, Um, Billy, tell us about your first spray session. Uh, Paint a picture for our listeners, if you could, please.
2: Um. Well, I, I was at a shop. It was a, a, a bit of an emergency fill-in. Uh, I was there to produce cars, so uh, had the uh, had the temperature, you know, warm in the booth, like I said, about eighty degrees. We um, the first job was a truck, and it was a, a commercial vehicle. It was large. It was a, a whole side of a full size pickup crew cab. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had both doors new on horses standing up and a front fender new on a horse standing up. So this way I could cut in the hinge pillar and cut in the jams, paint in between the bed. The bed was pulled off a little bit so I could get inside that area between the cab and the bed. And then I had an eight-foot bed. It was black. Um, so it was a it was just a, a very, very large job to begin with. Um, first coat of clear, uh, again, with the Iwata Evo One Three. Typically, any compliant gun, like Larry mentioned, the RPs, they put out some material. So uh, I never once thought that it would be an issue. Uh, Guns usually put out a good amount of material. So I started in the hinge pillar, and I noticed right away that the product was drying pretty fast. So I was able to get through, put the first coat on, struggled a little bit because it was a little warm, uh, and it was setting up a little quick for the size of the job. Again, me going back looking at that can size. I guess uh, you can't always judge a book by its cover, um, but it was okay. Uh, I went in uh, with the second coat and I uh, added about ten percent of uh, a PPG reducer, D872, to give it some tail solvent to slow it down. And uh, I was able, to, and that helped. I was able to get through the job, um, so we were, we, yeah, we were, able, we were able to get it done.
1: Okay. So a little bit of a bumpy start, but it sounds like you, uh, you, you dug in and, and got as much done as you could to make this thing happen. So what was your takeaway from the first experience regarding a two one rapid clear? Um, you well, know
2: I, <laughs> it's rapid, uh, just like the can says, but uh, you know, I guess, you know, that old school trade of thought, you know, I looked at that can size and I thought no problem. I'll be able to blow the whole size of this truck and it'll be okay. You know, Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's, that's not, not the case, as I'm sure you'll discuss. But uh, yeah, the, the rapid is, is quick.
1: So we had, we had, the struggles we had really were based on, on what we're used to, right? We're used to a little bit slower, a little fatter clear. In this case, the, the, it, it's no issues there with the actual uh, the fatness of the clear, as you would. But the dry edge was a little bit of a struggle. It was, it was going off a little quick. Um, would that be about what you're, what you're seeing here?
2: Totally. Um, and, and me and Larry spoke and, and he duplicated, uh, that, that, you know, the spring in a a similar situation. So, you know, if it was 70, I think the normal, uh, looks very, very well. Um, but as far as a larger job like that, we need a slower. Um,
1: so as far as remedying this, you, you, you basically, you added some activator or excuse me, some, some reducer to it. Um, and, um, did that do the job? I mean, you got, you got it done, right?
2: I got it done. Uh, you know, we didn't have any slow activator. So obviously we started with normal. We wanted to end with normal. So just adding that tail Solomon certainly did help the 10%. Um, you know, painters like to lay them out smooth and slick. Sure. Uh, Well,
1: it was a good save. I mean, you know, you you got it done. Uh, Was it a customer job?
2: It was a customer job. And that's, that's always the, the tough spot that I'm in, you know, you're, you're in a shop. It's unless I'm going to the dumpster and pulling out, you know, damaged pieces with, I'd rather just paint a customer's car. The office said, no problem. It was a construction vehicle. So it was, you know, I don't want to say beat up, but it, you know, it was a construction vehicle. Still a customer job, right? It's a customer job. It was, it was the right thing to use.
1: Sure. Larry, uh, your turn. Uh, Any quick comments you want to
0: add to that? Um, no, I just, uh, I had a little different result with it just because I sprayed it at 70 degrees right. um, and, uh, you know, one, three RP just, uh, um, and, um, laid out nice. It looked nice. Uh, it sprayed to me like a, like a real traditional European clear. Um, like I said, but I, I started out at 70 degrees with it. Right. Typically, that's what I do in the training center when I'm testing anything is start at 70 and then go up or down from there. So how was how it set up? Tell us about what you were spraying and how it was set up. Uh, well, I had fenders set up and uh, don't actually have vehicles to use in the training center. That's kind of a plus and a minus. We always use look around here that the nice thing about it is none of them have to go today. So. Sure.
2: <laughs> so it kind of gives
0: you a little advantage to be able to mess around a little more. Right. You know, things a little harder and stuff. But uh. We basically uh, had a hood and then uh, had fenders, uh, had a hood set up on hood stand and then fenders set up on fender stands and pushed them up next to the hood so we could simulate spraying a front end.
1: Right. So you had your your, uh, hood laid out flat, you had your your fenders horizontal, so you basically treat it like a job. Um, Correct. You you were 70 degrees, right? Correct. So tell me about your observations. How would the clear handle? Was there any struggles? Ease of use, those type of things. Let's start with how it handled. What did you think of that product when you first started spraying it?
0: Um, I, I really liked it. I uh, it sprayed similar to me to some other fast European clears I've used. Um, mm-hmm. It uh, I, I spray fairly close to the panel. I spray usually four or five inches away from the panel with seventy-five to eighty percent overlap. Right. And uh, and it worked really well up there. Had really good hold on the vertical panels. Laid out really flat. Looked really nice on the on the horizontal panels. Um, have, seemed to have fairly good melt in at that temperature. I actually came back. Uh, I actually came back two or three minutes after spraying the hood and kind of dusted a little uh, clear across the back of the hood to simulate some overspray from another panel. And and at first it looked like it wasn't going to melt, but it actually did meld in at at 70 degrees it had, a, had about a five to seven minute window
1: okay
2: whereas meld in wind
1: hey Billy, i'm so, gonna go back to you just for a second you were chasing a dry edge right
2: yeah i, I couldn't help it probably because of the size of the vehicle and the, and the hotter temperature right um at that point you know a lot of people think you could run out lower the temperature of the booth and that fixes all your problems but you know, it takes a long time for metal temperature to change. and A lot of painters, you know, they don't put that together. You know, it's, right. you, could, you could change that air temperature. Will it help? It'll help minimal. It, but it's going to changing. Yeah, That's right. It's going to take time for that metal temperature mm-hmm. to get cooler. So, you know, in my situation, I, I had to go to the solar reducer because that was the only way to make it work.
1: Right. So, Larry, um, what other variations did you try? I know you had a chance to play with this a little
0: bit longer. Um, what other variations did you try? Yeah, I sprayed it a fair amount. I, I tried different uh, I tried it at different air pressures. I mean, I sprayed a whole hood uh, with different air pressures. I tried it anywhere from, uh, I even got down lower than 24, but typically 24 to 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anything below 28 looked a little overly orange-peely to me. It looked nice. When I got above 30, it still looked nice. It seemed to generate a little more overspray than what I like. So it seemed to be like 28 pounds was the happy mm-hmm. that the gun, um, and then I did spray it with a reducer, just playing around, uh, seeing how it would spray reduced. Mm-hmm. One of those guys that really likes heavy, thick European clears, but I know a lot of, get into shops every day, a lot of guys like little thinner clears. So I did spray it reduced, and, and dynamite reduced also. What did you see for film build? Uh, the film builds were really good. In fact, uh, the first uh, every every time I sprayed it, I took those uh, little metal cue panels uh, and would put them on, put one on each side of the hood, and then uh, after I put the base coat down, and then I would I would clear over those cue panels when I sprayed the hood, so I'd get a real you know a lot of guys would take those out and kind of spray them and
1: right. So this was actually on the surface. So it yes. basically was a piece of the surface you were spraying.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and, and honestly, the first, when I first started playing with it, I couldn't believe that it didn't solvent pop or, or haze on me because some of the times I was up around one three one four, one point three one point four one, four, 1.3, 1.4 mils uh, per coat. Dry. Dry. Uh, it, and, and then even with the, uh, I played with it up to 15% reduction. Right. Even at the 15% reduction, it was still about 1.2 mils per coat. Dry dry mill. Dry, yeah, and that was dry. That, okay. was, that was spraying them one day, letting them dry good, and then milling them on the, the metal panels the next day.
1: Okay. So, Billy, um, back to you for a second here. Uh, tell our audience what the final outcome of your first spray session was. Uh, distinction of image, gloss, dieback, back, those type of things. Tell us what you came up with.
2: Um, you know, it overall, it looked good. Uh, it could have looked better, um, but we were able to buff it. It buffed really well. Uh, we buffed it the next day and it shipped and it was fine. It looked looked like a normal, normal job. I mean, so you sold um, it
1: despite the struggles.
2: Yeah, we, we sold it. We sold it. It wasn't an issue. Uh, I guess I just had to work a little, a, a little harder than normal. Right. Um, that was the only hiccup.
1: So at, at this point, keep in mind, these were two separate spray sessions. These two uh, pros hadn't even spoken yet. Uh, they didn't, they weren't even aware that the two of them were using the product. We tried to keep it as uh, Oh, Exclusive to the person that's working with the product as much as possible so we get some really true uh, response back from them. So uh, since Larry and, and Billy hadn't spoken after speaking to Larry it, it, or excuse me after speaking to Billy um, kind of kind of ruined my day honestly because I was really I was really hoping we were going to get super good results out of the box and and what we did is this uh, we decided to get the two of them on the phone without me let them talk about their results and uh, I'm glad we did because it gave them a chance to discuss it and really uh, noodle what some of the outcome uh, should have been and why there was a difference. So what we learned is we really needed a slow activator, and we had planned on releasing a slow activator in the spring when it started getting hot in some of the desert markets, but uh, hadn't thought about spraying in the booth with some heat. So honestly, this is where my bacon got saved. It really – this helped a lot. If we would have uh, released this to the general public, with one activator, uh, would have had some issues. So uh, I wanted to add uh, that I asked Larry to respray at an elevated spray temp um, to try and duplicate Billy's results, and he did, and he got similar results. Um, and Larry, correct me: but you got dry edge, significant difficulty on larger areas. Um, correct. Yeah. So, yeah. It was it was a little bit of a little bit of a
0: challenge. Yeah, with the normal temp, uh, when I when I bumped the temperature just up to 80 degrees, from 70 to 80 degrees yeah I was definitely chasing a dry edge across the panel, and I could still get it to lay down, but uh you would struggle on a on a very large area with it so
1: okay, so three days later, we delivered slow activator to these guys and got it in their hands, and uh, we were able to spray again so uh, this is the good part of the conversation. <laughs> Let's discuss the outcome, Billy, you first tell us about what you experienced with the thirty three five eighteen high temp activator
2: um I had great results. Uh, for starters, uh, no, no reduction. I didn't add any reducer. Just straight two to one. I figured I'd start there. Again, larger job, similar issue, similar situation as the last where I'm in a shop and, you know, it's a fill-in. Um, this time was the front end of a, of a, of a vehicle, just a, a car bumper off to the side, perfect size job. And it, it was exactly what I was looking for. You know, it was slower. I could get across the job. No overspray on the bumper, uh, just easy. It flowed, it melted, uh, it it held out better. It was was exactly what I really needed on the big truck, but obviously we didn't have it at the time. So lesson learned, I I think the lesson here is that the people that choose the the rapid, the the normal hardener, you know, they got to keep that to a minimum of, you know, side panel, fender door, bumper by itself. Then... Then that, that hardener works ideal. Right. So you how, how did... Anything larger, you know, you go up to slow.
1: So with that, with that slow activator, how did the edges melt in?
2: The edges melted in. You weren't chasing uh, a dry edge. I was still spraying at 80 degrees. Uh, that didn't change. Uh, and it would have sprayed just fine at 70. Uh, it doesn't run. I mean, I shouldn't say it doesn't run because we all know <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can make things run, but happen, yeah. it, it's really got some vertical holdout and that's, uh, that's ideal. For
1: it. So what that kind of leads me to my next question was I, from what I understand you gave it a shot at trying to make this thing fail. Um, do tell,
2: uh, you know, we had, uh, some experience, this was another spray session that we just carried in some, some old fenders, And we just simply over-applied it. We over-applied them horizontal and vertical. Uh, We ran them. uh, We baked them at excess of 180 degrees for five minutes. And no solvent pop. The runs didn't milk out. The runs that we put in it did not milk out. And it didn't solvent pop like on a fat edge. And that's, you know, that's a big deal to a lot of guys in shop. Because on certain colors, when you get that, it's an immediate repaint.
1: Right, right. You're starting over again. Um, did you get a chance to see it after the fact, after it was cooled down in a couple days?
2: Yes. Uh, we, we let them sit. We went back. We buffed on them. Um, they sanded. They buffed. Uh, it, it dries surprisingly well. The slow activator really didn't change um, the the time in which after it was baked, we let them sit an hour. We were able to buff them. But those right. particular parts, we waited a few days and buffed on That we well, overloaded. <laughs> well,
1: during, yeah during the development of this product there was a big uh, emphasis put on through cure uh, of making sure that the that the coating uh, cured throughout and uh, we didn't have any of the uh, issues with solvent popping and milking um so we did a lot of back and forth on that um and so i guess the best thing to say there is it did not fail and what you saw uh, after coming back you you liked I, I don't want to put words in your mouth but would you say that it was uh something that that you liked
2: oh my god yes no it's uh I would use it. I would sell it um, nice, easy, clear to spray uh, with both hardeners. I think that you just really need to pay attention to your work temperature.
1: Sure. Okay. Um, so, uh, Larry, we sent that activator to you as well. Um, we're going to need you to share your observations as well, please.
0: Uh, mine were really similar to to what we had. Uh, I, I sprayed it. At, uh, I bumped the booth temperature to 80. And sprayed it, uh, sprayed dynamite at 80 degrees, uh, sprayed you, uh, same setup, uh, horizontal fenders or horizontal hoods, vertical fenders. Um, did it more than once, uh, sprayed it at 80 degrees, worked super well. Uh, pushed it up to 90 degrees just to see what would happen there. Yeah. At night, you're starting to push it just a hair, it, it was starting to dry, you'd start to get a little bit of a dry edge in front of the gun. Right. Not, not one where it's chalking out or you're going, oh my heck, that's horrible. Not where you're really, really fighting it. But you could see, to me, it was just a little drier than what I like on, on an edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, when but uh, uh, tried it numerous times that way. Uh, still very workable. Uh, and then Actually, at 90 degrees, I actually tried reducing it uh, to see. Made it even more workable at 90 degrees. Reducing it uh, once again, I reduced it 15 percent with the I used UR60 in it, uh, which is a national rule. Uh, Diamond Clear or reducer, excuse me. Uh, a little slower than normal. Uh, so it's just
1: basically a a, a a good quality urethane reducer.
0: Correct. Yeah, okay. and uh, had great results. No uh, solvent, pop, uh, nothing like that. Uh, and and each time I finished spraying a hood. Give it two or three minutes, just like I did on the the like I did on the normal hardener, and it kind of does Take this spray gun and dust across the back of the hood or something to see how it'd melt in, and 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 within two or three minutes, if I you know was in within that range, it it seemed to melt in just fine. And I look at it first and go, you it's know, oh, not going to melt in." And come back, you know, after letting it cure in the booth or or just walking away for five minutes to come back and. And you could never tell that it was overspray there. So
1: good deal, good deal. So um, what we found here is that you know basically as that temperature pushes up, you're getting up to the limits of that temp. Um, you can use uh, up to 15%. Now, one the good part about this clear is since it is a higher solids clear, it's, it's way within the uh, national rule requirements for VOC, even at a, even at up to a 15% uh, addition of, of a urethane reducer. Um, those will be put in the final P sheet, and we'll we'll keep everything updated. But I'm um, glad to hear that. Um, so setup was about the same. I think you mentioned setup with fenders and hoods. Everything was about the same. Same
0: spray equipment as well. Correct. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't try buffing it the same day. I did. I did try baking it. Uh, and uh, in the winter time here, we do have a bake cycle on our on our booth here. Sure. I can get it up to about 130 once in a while, 140 degrees. That, that's about as hot as we can get it here. So I did try baking it for 30 minutes um, at, at that. And then also just let it air dry overnight. You know, yeah. And both ways look dynamite. So.
1: Good deal. Um, hey, Billy, I think mean, we already talked about that, but you, you didn't see any pinching or dieback, right?
2: No, uh, not at all. Like we talked about in the, in the first session, with the with, with the vehicle being as large as it, as it was, it was just, I had some, some dry areas just because of what I was doing, but okay. in, in the second session with the slower hardener, uh, as well as the normal on the smaller pieces, I had no issues.
1: Good deal. Well, you know, that's, that's what we really need to know is, is what you guys thought. So, um, results looked good. Didn't die back or pinch. Uh, when you buffed it, buffed up nice. Uh, I think Larry, you buffed it up as well, but how did it look when, when you buffed it? Was it, was it buffing yeah. nice?
0: Uh, yes, I, I did not. I didn't buff anything same day, uh, but I did buff things next the next day, which you know sometimes with faster clears is actually worse than the same day. But but uh, in in this case, uh, and I just used the 3M three M, system. Sure. Uh, and uh, fifteen hundred on the dirt nibs, and then a little three thousand over that, and then, and it just it buffed up dynamite, looked dynamite, and um, I had some stuff I'd buffed. Oh, I came back four or five days later to look at it to see, uh, you know, if it had hazed or anything where I buffed it, and it absolutely had not.
1: That's good. That's good. So I think what we're looking at here is a true two-coat clear, which is which is good news, you know, especially with the solids the way it is. Uh, I would say it's a fairly friendly clear. Would you guys agree with that, both of you?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good deal.
1: Good deal. Um. So here's the big
0: question: Larry, would you buy this product? Uh, well, you and I talked about this before, but I'd put it on my own stuff. <laughs> it, it looks that good. It seriously, and uh, like I say, it just seems to really even when I was playing around with it, I noticed even if I put it on, it didn't get it on as wet as I wanted. Even playing around with it, put it on a little dryer. Yeah. That's, a, that's kind of one of the things European clears have always had to me is even if you get them on a little dry, they still have good gloss. I, I'm not saying dry spray, but even if you don't get them to lay out the way you want, they still seem to always hold gloss and have good depth of image, which is what it does. You can get it to lay out dynamite, but it has really good gloss and really good depth of image. Even Like I said, I've even checked them four or five days later, and and uh, gosh, what's it been a week since we sprayed some of that stuff? And I looked at it this morning, and it still looked dynamite
1: good deal. Hey, Billy, what about you? Would you buy this?
2: Uh, absolutely. I would. I would put it on my own stuff. Uh, I, I do a lot fooling around. Um, I always will. And, and uh, I would use it on my own stuff. Uh, the, one, the one thing I would like to pass on in our market, we see a lot of aftermarket four to ones with a very poor transfer efficiency. Right. We got shop owners out there, customers that look at that invoice and they want that clear for 80 90 bucks you know four to one you get the gallon you get the quarter hardener um we we all know that that stuff is thin every one of them are thin you can only cheapen up a product so much right uh therefore you use a lot of it you know at the end of the week when you look in your garbage can and it's full of gallon cans because you just rifled through ten gallons of clear, not, you're not saving any money. So but you got a
1: good deal on it, though.
2: You got a good deal on it. That's right. Yeah. But the, you know, the two to one is a true HS. The Vitec will pay for itself. It's not. It's 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 cost effective and it's and it's efficient and that's what's
1: good deal. Well, you know the the combination of these two activators uh, is really going to help us out because we really can cover the gambit from from really above 65 degrees all the way up to 90 without having to reduce uh, the product if you're used to a heavier body clear. Um, above that, if you need to put a little bit of a, a tail solvent in there to uh, keep it a little bit wetter for a while, if you're, if you're spraying above 90 degrees, um, the product's going to perform. And I'm really glad that we had the kind of response we did. Uh, again, this is, a, this is a spot and panel clear. It's a rapid two-to-one. It's not designed for overalls. So we've got to make sure everybody is aware of that because it, it, it's an automatic when you go to a two-to-one, especially Euro Clear. So really glad that we had both you guys uh, involved with this. Um, and, you know, I, I think people also need to know that those two activators can be cocktailed, I guess, in, in painter speak. As long as the end result is two parts clear to one part activator, you can really tune in your uh, your, your temperature and your spray environment once you get to know the product. Uh, we should be we should be doing really well. It's very flexible. Um, you know, you guys. I, I want to make sure that uh, I thank you. you. You guys have been a big help. I want to thank Larry and Billy for their assistance in getting this thing done. Um, we could not have done it without the professionalism, their expertise, and open-minded approach. Um, and just a little gratuitous advertising. Don't forget to clean your equipment with with the uh, ViTech 3650, 36650 gun flush. Uh, the product works great for any of your spray equipment. And last but not least, I want to thank Leighton Brixie, who engineered the the ViCast and uh, made this magic happen. Guys, thank you very much, um, and I uh, appreciate uh, you're making time for this. And everybody's got to go back to work. Um, and uh, if you want to know more about the latest with ViTech, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ViTech Products. Thanks for listening, and be looking for the next ViCast.
0: Take care. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you have comments or would like to take part in our next Vicast, easy. Just email us at infovitech.com. At We'd love to hear from you.